Welcome to Crypto Podcast Goods, the audio home for Club CPG. On August 10th, Club CPG hosted Keith Grossman, president at Time, who along with leading their business operations, is also evolving the brand through their Web3 initiatives. Keith and CPG COO Mikey Pirro went deep on this call into Time's timepieces collection, being honest about what you want out of a community, Time's V2 mom framework, and its four methods of success, creator, community and collector, institutional, and blockchain to big screen. This is the episode you'll be sending to your friends all weekend long. As a reminder, the hosts of CPG, Pop, and their guests are not registered investment advisors. All opinions are of the hosts and guests alone. Nothing discussed today should be treated as investment advice, and all content from our Genius Calls is solely for informational and entertainment purposes only. Now let's get to that Genius Call. GMGM, everybody. Oh, we're very excited today. Today, uh, while, while everyone piles in, we are joined by Keith Grossman. And Keith is the global leader in the rapidly evolving world of Web3. I mean, that sounds really weird to say out loud, but it's so true. He leads Time's growth uh, for Web3. And under his leadership, uh, Time's NFT and Web3 community timepieces has grown to include over 50,000 pieces, it says. That's pretty wild. 50,000 uh, 50, people. Uh, 50,000 artists, great, um, collectors and enthusiasts. In 2021, Time's Web3 strategy produced eight figures of revenue, which we're going to talk about, um, and brand expanded into NFTs uh, for community building and to partner with NFT creators to develop their own unique IP into animated series with Time for TV. That's going to be fun to talk about, too. Um, Look, I met you in person a few times. I was dragging my kids along in L.A. one uh, one yeah. event that you hosted. And I think for me personally, just listening to you constantly, because it's great to see you all over the web. I think the one word that comes to my mind when I think of Keith Grossman is generous. And you're generous with your time. You're generous with your introductions and your network. You're generous with praise. Um, that's not to say you're a pushover because that is not the case, but you are extremely generous. And I'm really thankful and fortunate that we get to get to hear you in this little intimate group. And um, I'm very excited for this morning. So I'm going to let you go for it and, uh, no. and lead it in. No, well, I mean, first, it, it's, Thank you. I mean, that's a that's a nice word. I I don't think I was I was not I was on my heels as to what word you were going to choose, right? And I could have thought a million different words. Um, but I before anything, I really just I wanted to thank Janet and Buzz, who this morning is you may or may not know, like I was having issues getting into this um, a server. Uh, I have, in full disclosure, a member of the CPG Genesis family. Um, and I have found that, you know, like you, Mikey, like Chris Contino and others have just been, you know, hugely influential in, in helping me think about the space. Right. And, you know, in my mind, the reason that I think being generous, if we're going to use that word, um, is important is because none of us know what we're doing. Like we're all just making our best educated guesses and pushing forward. And we're all on this sort of, like, if you've ever seen, and I use the analogy all the time, Right. Like there's 
we're all in the like Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade invisible bridge together. And like, we know that the bridge is there. We just can't see sort of how long it is and where it's going. And, and we need everyone to sort of show us the pitfalls and like what works and what doesn't work. And then we just continue to build on, on what is, what is going in the right direction. A hundred percent. I'm, I would love for your take. We're just going to like dive right in. It, it's felt like there are a couple of folks who espoused the WAGME ethos very early. And it's been very tough with this market and the world around us, I think, for certain folks to continue to carry it. When things are up and to the right, it's real easy to have that positive attitude. But I think that we've, you know, like all ups and downs, we've hit some rough patches. What do you think about WAGME as an ethos now? And how are you continuing to espouse? I mean, we're not all going to make it, but I think we are trying to treat everyone like they will. So so I, I think you have to break it down to a few different things, right? Like if it's WAGME Web 3, then the answer is 100%, right? Web 3... There's no doubt in my mind, like we've gotten to a point where the foundation layer uh, from a technological perspective is strong enough now um, and diverse enough now that like you could build some real amazing innovation, but that the high layer, right, like that, that prevents mass adoption. The friction there is is great enough that it's going to prevent just sort of um, mass adoption, I would say, for maybe another 24 to 36 months. Right. I don't see anything, you know, happening. On, on a grand scale before that. But what that means to me is, is like, this is the time for building. This is the time for creating. This is the time to change systems, right? The way that we all interact and operate. And, you know, like, do I think that uh, Web3 is going to wag me, right? Like 100%. Do I think everyone is going to wag me? There's no shot, right? Like it's impossible, right? If you look at just pure stats, right? Um, you know, like, what is it like 2% of companies last, right? And I mean, look at what it takes to run club CPG, right? Like, this is not a small endeavor, right? Like you actually have a team and, and it's quite robust. And, you know, you're working around the clock in different areas in the world, and you may be operating completely differently. But it still takes a lot, right? Like, and I look at, you know, what it takes to run timepieces, and it takes a lot, right? And the commitment is a lot. And I think that the first thing that people have to realize when they're going to move in the community space is, you know, like it, it's it's a tremendous commitment from resources to like we as an, as as an ecosystem haven't defined the difference between um, success, failure and a rug pull. Right. And like I think that that's a huge distinction because like right now you're either on forever or you're a rug pull. Right. And like there has to be a moment where, you know, communities can bow out gracefully and recognize that like they didn't succeed. And that's totally fine. That's normal in any business. Right. Um, uh, I think that this moment in time is is actually quite a good one. Um, I hate that people lost money. Right. And are losing money. Um, uh, but I also I think it's a natural evolution of any ecosystem for people to be um euphoric at one point right and then for it to sort of correct and then for it to build out and when you have an ecosystem where money's involved such as web3 one of the challenges you're going to always find is is that 
you're going to have nefarious players in it, unfortunately. And I think that it's really important that, you know, people, you know, continue to be educated on, um, you know, like how to identify these people, that people, you know, that their greed is, is constrained. And I think that this moment in time is going to give a lot of people a wake up call on, on constraining greed, right? That like not everything is going to win and you can't always mint and double overnight and all this stuff. And, and I think that, um, uh, the reality is, is that at the individual level, uh, we're all not going to make it right, but that's okay. Um, I think that, you know, in the aggregate level, the ecosystem will make it. And so if at the individual level, you can't make it, you know, by yourself, I think what you should really look for is, is how do you either find the tools necessary, the education necessary, the, or the group necessary to attach yourself to be part of, part of a team that, that, that you believe is going somewhere. hundred percent. Wow. There was a ton to unpack there. And yeah, I, I'm going to move this and ask a couple of more questions about like building the time community. I mean, I think one of the pieces for those that aren't aware of how much effort Keith puts towards really standing behind this transition of web two to web three and bringing everybody, all types, all people, all shapes and sizes, all colors and creeds along with it, um, diversity and inclusive behaviors, um, that is at the ethos, uh, at the core of what Club CPG has started. Um, that's one of the things I deeply love about this particular community is that that is a foundational element. And I, you just watch Keith operate and, I don't know. I don't like using the buzzwords as a, as a, you know, cis hetero white male. I just like to show up and, and be who I am. And, and I see that in, in you. What are some of the thoughts on how we can, as we're building, look at that particular angle and also some insights you had from building your team and some things that you've, you know, you've done a great job. Time pieces is crushing it. We're going to talk about all the, things that you're doing across timepieces, but the team part of it has been impressive to watch. Um, well, okay. Well, I mean, thanks. What I would say is, is like what I like about web three, and I'm going to talk about it from a very selfish perspective for a second is um, it really empowers what is in my mind, stakeholder capitalism, right? And uh, stakeholder capitalism, if you're not familiar with it is slightly different than, you know, the, 1972-esque Milton Friedman definition of capitalism, which is that a you know company's only job is to return to the shareholder. And in stakeholder capitalism, you have to think about your community, your employees, the environment that you work in, the world, the community that you surround, right? And how like all of them can be uplifted together. And like the underlying thesis of stakeholder capitalism, which I really like, and I think will play out positively is is that values create value, right? And like, when you think about that, like values create value over time. And so if you're gonna run a stakeholder capitalistic uh, community or uh, company, you need to be able to identify what your values are, right? And so from the very get-go for timepieces, we said that our values were inclusivity, you know, optimism, constructive feedback, and this, you know, hashtag give first mentality. And, you know, while we, been very successful in growing the community to over 50,000 people across Twitter and, and Discord. Um, what we've also done, and a lot of people don't realize, is we've kicked out 
over 10,000 people who violated those values, right? And like, like inclusivity doesn't always mean everyone, right? So like, we're not going to be inclusive of people who are exclusive, right? So like, I think that what's really important about that, and it's a very weird statement to say, but I think what's really important about that is um, like how you are willing to build your community and like, when are you willing to say no to the community? And like, when are you willing to, um, uh, and how are you empowering the moderators to uh, sort of um, implement those values, you know, and, and when, when do you cross the line, right? Uh, you know, like for a very long time, a lot of people thought the only thing that mattered was selling an NFT and then reselling the NFT. Um, I don't think that that's really, it doesn't really matter if that makes sense, if you're thinking about a long-term horizon, right? Like, and I always say within the timepiece community, we're not building for nine minutes or nine weeks or nine months or even nine years. We're building for 99 more years, right? And so, um, like, I don't care if somebody doesn't like what we're doing and sells a timepiece because they don't want to be part of the community anymore. Like, it's not, it's not the worst thing on the planet. And like a real example of that is, um, during, uh, you know, like when, when Russia invaded Ukraine, uh, I was watching the great work of, of Nadia and Ukraine Dow. I was watching, you know, the great work of relief. And I was thinking to myself, well, if we're a values-based community, we have to do something too. And I, you know, I called the team up and, and, and the team said, you know, we love this idea, but how are we going to do it? And we ended up doing an auction, you know, a few days later. And in 48 hours, we raised close to $400,000, which we then donated to Ukraine. Um, after we did that, like, you'd say, wow, that's amazing. But like, after we did that, there was a few people in our discord that were very upset that we had just done the slices of time drop. And they said, they said, um, uh, you know, like, how dare you, you know, you just did a drop and now you've shifted all of your marketing dollars over to this other drop. Right. The other drop, by the way, had zero royalties to us, zero royalties to the artists, and zero royalties to OpenSea. A hundred percent went to help humanitarian aid in Ukraine. Right. And um, and I said to the people who were complaining, I said, look, and I was pretty pissed about it. And like my team was wonderful in terms of um, uh, calming me down. Maya Drazen is a saint. If you've ever come across her, um, her and I've worked together for nearly 20 years. Um, uh, but. Uh, she called me down and, and in our weekly time hall um, that we host, uh, you know, like I said, look, if you if you're upset that we did this, then your values don't align with our values. You should sell your pieces and leave the community. Right. Like and we don't really care. We'll take that on the chin because we're thinking so long term about that. Um, the flip side of it. And by the way, like it was very well received within time pieces. Right. Because what you see is, is you see that that you have a group of people that are rallying around something bigger than. Uh, a floor price or a short-term gain in ETH, right? Um, the, the the benefit is during sort of the quote-unquote crypto winter from May forward, like we've seen growth in our community, right? And we've seen engagement go up in our community and we report on that every week. And we think that that's really important for when the cycle sort of shifts. Um, the flip side is, is that there are greed-based communities in, in this ecosystem. Like we shouldn't kid ourselves and there's nothing wrong with them. You just have to know that you're in a greed-based community if that's the case. And the reality of a greed-based community is, is that they are not thinking about the world bigger than sort of the ETH price of the moment or what the flip could potentially be of the moment. And so 
The trick in in a greed-based community, if you want to call it a trick, is you have to exit before everyone else exits because the the community is your exit liquidity. I don't want that for timepieces, right? I want to be a values-based community. And so it's just a much different game. Both are always going to exist because Web3 is going to represent the moment in time where, you know, an ownership stake and money can enter into the digital ecosystem. Time to unpack there as well. I think, <laughs> Sorry, I'm very long-winded today. <laughs> no, you're no, it's great because this is giving people so much to think about. Because I think like a the pace of our communities is like there's always something happening, and it it feels like it's CNN plus plus, or you know, there's the news just constantly happening that you sort of get lost in things going up and down. It's a very odd mixture of like the rampant pace of 24 by seven finance that's also coupled with social credits and social dynamics that are not decoupled. And so to take a step back and really think about values and think about how you want to move through this space. I've had, you know, I've had moments where I've thrown this chair across the room for missing a mint. And that was like a very big aha moment. So like, "Mm, this isn't you and this isn't what you want to do. And I think it resonates with me about the two types of communities. Like I just buy stuff and hold it because I think it's fun and cool. And I am a a proud member for of time um, because I think there's amazing fun things you've done and there's great mechanics you've worked there. And yeah, it's about the people for me. Thank you. And by the way, so I just saw Summer Watson jumped and jumped in. And like, I think like Eku is a great example of a values-based community. Right. And you know, like that's not just, it's not just in the IP that like a community like Aku did. It's like, look at how the community acts at the moment of like greatest exposure, right? Like when faced with um, the errant mint that like could have sidelined and would have 100% sidelined any other um, uh, greed-based organization, like a values-based organization looks at the long-term and says, you know, like, we have to take care of the people that care about us. And they returned all the money from their own treasuries, right? And I think that, and by the way, in full disclosure, and like, I love Summer, I love uh, Micah, and I love that team. Uh, I'm also an investor in them. And I, and I, I put my money where my mouth is on that. So I have to, I have to say at all times where, where my, my holdings are. But I say it because we all saw it. We saw in action what a values-based community truly can be when like the most challenging situation to be presented to them. 100%. It's it's easy to, uh, it's hard to assess the character except when things get really hard. Totally. Um, Like right now is actually a wonderful time to assess characters of communities, right? Like right now is possibly, I would say, the best time because this is the moment where like you have to look at your community and you have to say like, does the community care about each other? Does the community care about me? Do I care about the community? And like, what are they building towards? And like, I think it's super easy to do that, to, to think that everything is great when, when ETH is at 4,000 and things are chugging along, like ask yourself how you felt five weeks ago when ETH was 887, right? Like, and people thought it was going down to 400, right? We've had a little bit of a, ba- like a bounce back. But like, look at the communities that you're in and really make the assessment. Now, it doesn't make a difference. Like, like you're not going to be in every community, right? But like, really think about if your most valuable asset is time, no pun intended, right? Where do you really want to spend the most part of your time? And where do you want to just sort of trade off of? Because the trading part is fun. Like, let's not kid ourselves. When you're, when you're outside of the artwork, 
right? And you're into the PFPs, like that's the same thing as the collectibles business, which is a trading-based business. 100%. So time has these four approach, this four-pronged strategic approach that I would love for you to talk about so that the folks who are not as familiar with time pieces and time kind of where you're going with it, um, from the briefing that was provided to me, it's um, talking about consumer behavior and helping brands onboard Web3, fostering and uplifting creators and artists. We just talked about building value-based communities and, and then blockchain and the big screen and the metaverse, which I am like, I want to save that one for the end because I feel like having worked at Meta and watched all of the amazing things that have been being built for so long, um, where you're charting that course for time is like a lot of fun and juicy things. But let's talk a little bit about the, the consumer behavior and your approach with time on Web3 um, onboarding and, and what your how did you come up with like that's the position you want to be in instead of going like we're just going to be like a different Sotheby's of art or an art blocks. Sure. So, so, um, so what you're referencing, just to clarify for everyone, is um, uh, points from our V2 Mom, and you know, like V2 Mom stands for you know vision, values, methods, obstacles, measures, and um, and Mikey just outlined the methods, and it's really a focusing exercise that. Uh, Mark Benioff, our owner, you know, has instituted and I actually really like because I think it really helps us, you know, decide where do we want to spend our time. Um, the order matters. Um, and just in clarification, the order of um, of the V2 mom is is actually um, number one, creator and creator success. Right. So how do we ensure the success of the artists? Um, number two is community and collector success. Number three is um uh essentially you know cmo and institutional success and number four is blockchain to big screen um, metaverse actually falls into the um community sort of bucket um you know like so like if i can go down if it's okay mikey like i'll go down each one sort of like individually which is is you know like when i started to think about timepieces and and you know what our power would be like what's what's our strategy and every brand is going to have a different strategy um what i realized was was the three years that i was at time every person that i talked to had a favorite cover of time right but like and like our superpower was what's inside that red border of time and when you think about it like why is that the case it's it's because for about a hundred years time has been the closest thing to a consistent meme capturing living history at any given moment, right? And that's why the cover is powerful. Um, and the cover is always depicted by some great artist or creator or photographer that captured that moment in time. And um, when I ask people what their favorite article of time is, most people don't have a favorite article of time. As a matter of fact, only one person in three years has ever told me their favorite article of time. And that was, if you've ever had Stacy's pita chips, Stacy told me that she read an article of a time uh, when she was at her doctor's office and it changed her life. And it was about how uh, she as a female executive can have it all, quote unquote, which was a family and a professional success and, and whatnot. And, um, and she said that inspired her to go off and start Stacy's pita chips, which I love, right? 
And But that example is not to highlight that the edit's good or bad. The edit's actually quite good. What it is to highlight is, is that what's made time powerful is the cover. And what makes the cover powerful is the artist, right? And so when we entered into Web3, originally, our sort of uh, success was by looking backwards in the past hundred years and doing one of ones of great covers that represented amazing moments in time. Um, when we did timepieces and timepieces took me six, seven months to think through. And look, we made a lot of mistakes and we had some successes and like we had, we, we went through our bad times too. Right. And like our challenging times with our first mint and we learned a lot and we had to build a lot of IP to fix it for being a company with our global recognition. Um, I, uh, what I realized was, was we had to look and use sort of the future artists because the reality of like web two is the formula for success in web two is brand highlights a creator who attracts an audience, right? So like time, you know, hires Ian Bremmer who writes about, I don't know, maybe like Nancy Pelosi almost putting us into world war three, you know, by going to Taiwan and, and people Google it, they see time, they see Ian Bremmer, they see the article, they read it because they trust us and then they move on. Right. That's an audience, Right. Web3 is a completely different beast when it comes to community-based initiatives, right? And the reason I say community-based initiatives is I saw that Chris Cantino entered into the conversation, our faithful regional manager. And I think Chris has done remarkable Twitter threads on all the other potential use cases of NFTs, which I think people should not discount and people should really read, including the recent one on subscriptions. Um, and uh, when you look at like community-based NFTs, the formula for success is community uplifts a creator, and then that creator is validated by a brand. And by the brand validating the creator, it's uplifting it further, them further, and then the community validates the brand. So, like when you think about timepieces, right? Like the only sort of branding on timepieces is that little time logo in the corner and its name, right? Other than that, like the hero of all timepieces is the creator, right? And um, what we think about is, is like, what does creator success really mean? Um, well, it means, you know, elevating the creator by using our platform, right, to make sure that they have a larger audience. Um, I think you all saw that uh, most prominently at the highest level with Micah Johnson and Summers, a coup being on the cover of Time most recently. And by the way, that's the fifth but most successful cover of Time in 2002 in the cover store. Um, we don't know what the retail sales are yet. That takes six uh, months to confirm, believe it or not, because that's how slow Web Zero is. Um, uh, but it looks like it's going to become number four by the end of this week in the cover store. And the and number one is BTS, by the way, which is crazy. Um, I, the So like we have to think about how do we use our brand to elevate them? Then we have to think about, well, there's a new social contract between creators and, and brands in Web uh, 3 right? Because of the advent of the smart contract. And so, you know, it's important to us that the creators are compensated fairly for that. And so the way that we've structured that is, is the first 1% of primary and secondary sales of timepieces go to charity. And to date, we've supported free democratic presses or, you know, humanitarian aid in Ukraine, and we've donated over $600,000. Um, and then the remaining 99% of primary and secondary sales are split with the creators in perpetuity, right? In per forever, Right. Every three months, Micah gets a um, an ETH transfer from time. Um, as Mike and Summer saw, like 24 hours after the sale and the close of the 
um, of the ACU cover NFT, like 50% of the revenue went right to ACU. Um, and like, we're very serious about that. Like, we think that that's really important that like we're in this together and that this aligns incentives properly. And then every time an artist has a drop or is doing an initiative, we want to be there for them. We want to uplift them. We want to make sure they're successful. We want to make sure that we're promoting them. Um, and at the same time, we want to make sure that like, if we have access to things, uh, that we are giving them access to things, right? So if we know connections that can help them, like we're going to do that. And so, um, Wayne Lytle on the team has done a remarkable job of, you know, beginning to really think about how she can constantly bring value to the artists, right? And that's why this is number one, like Tamika on our social handle, constantly highlighting and using the Time Twitter feed or Time Pieces Twitter feed to push out sort of information about the artists. And, you know, we're lucky, right? By having that type of relationship, the artists also are very supportive of Time Pieces, right? And that's, and that's why the artists, creators are number one in our B2Mom. Um, number two is, is the community, right? And the collectors. And, and, and we talked about that, you know, before. And so I don't need to rehash that. Number three is, is the CMOs and, and institutions that we believe we could bring into the Web3 ecosystem. Um, I love, I love Web3. And I think you do too. Right. Like, and I, I know Chris Cantino does. And I think everyone, I know Summer does. And I'm looking at this, this group, like, and, and there's some people in the group that I know already. And there's others that, that I don't know. But like, I know MetaZoe does. Right. Like, uh, like, I, like there, there's, there's something so amazing about Web3. It is so fun. Isn't it like fun? Like, can I just like, like, like you can't look at it and not be like, I'm having so much fun, even on the downloads. Right. It is so fun. Right. I think the piece that is the most upsetting to me in this pandemic is that I like you've put on these in real life events and the energy that comes out of them when you're finding people who love it just as much as you do. It's second to none. And I haven't found it. I mean, you go to a baseball game or you go to some sporting event. It is nowhere close to finding somebody who is so passionate about this space. Um, so, yeah, I just love it. I absolutely love it. So like, I'll give you like a real example is, is, you know, I started my career at Wired and Maya Drazen actually started her career pretty much at Wired. And she's my partner at, at time and uh, along with Will Bond and, and a few others. Um, but like Maya and I have really worked together for almost my entire professional career. Like we've known each other for over 20 years. And Maya was actually at the Wired launch party back in 1993 when Wired was coming out. Wow. And there was this amazing sentence in the first issue of Wired that what that said something to the extent of technology is ripping through society like a Bengali typhoon. Okay. And uh and like even when I say that sentence today, I just said it like I get chills because I think about like that's how I feel about web three. It is whipping through society. It's whipping through the world like a Bengali typhoon. And um and Maya and I went to the NFT Now launch party, okay, in Brooklyn. And when we left, Maya turned to me and said, I feel like I felt in 1993 when I went to Wired's launch party. And what she meant when she said that was, here we were in a room full of people. And we were all celebrating the future. And then we left the room and we walked out into a world that doesn't even realize what it's going to be hit with yet. Right. And like, and it's really important to me. And I, I tell that story because, you know, like 
it's yeah, it's easy to talk about the successes that time has had, but like let's talk about a lot of the failures that we've had, right? Like, and I think that we have to really assess that. Um, I spent seven months in in um, Clubhouse listening and taking notes and asking questions from everyone to try and create what I thought was a really awesome, fair community-based ecosystem and structure, only to find that when I went to build it and execute it, like we had underestimated and I had underestimated a demand, I'd underestimated bots, I'd underestimated gas wars, I'd underestimated rollout and, and fair distribution, right? Like in the goal of timepieces was actually to democratize the access to time. I mean, we were selling covers of time for, you know, a hundred ETH, right? When when ETH was at four thousand dollars, and so like I wanted it at point one oh ETH to be as accessible of a community as possible to people, while still being good business for us with all the splits. And so like when I saw that like we created gas wars. And we had bots and like really of the 6,000 pieces or so, like it only went to 1,200 wallets, right? In the first roughly 1,200 wallets in the first mint, like it, it really broke our heart. I mean, you could see it, you know, like, and I, and I've done a lot of launches in my career, right? Like I launched the tablet edition of, of Wired back in 2010. We launched predictive algorithms with Ars Technica. We launched QuickTake and Bloomberg. Like when I screwed up launches in the past or something went wrong, like we really disappointed like five people. Right. And, and, and colleagues, um, this one, this one was awful. I mean, it felt like, like I disappointed like 20,000 people. Right. And so, you know, you learn a lot about, about transparency in those moments. You learn a lot about sort of asking for forgiveness in those moments. You learn a lot about, you know, making amends where you can in those moments and doing the right thing. And you also learn a lot about like, how committed are you to the space? Right. Like, and how do you think long about the space? And, you know, the reality is, is that, you know, it took us three or four months to turn the sentiment of timepieces around from the launch on the Genesis piece. But like all of these things were really important to us because we realized that there were all these flaws in what was available to big brands to enter into this space properly. And we started to build a lot of the IP internally. You know, like I started to work with Salesforce, as you know, I sit on the Web3 advisory board of Salesforce. I don't know if you know this or not, to help them build their NFT cloud, which I think will actually onboard over 100 million people into the space easily, right? If not more. Um, and like, I figured, uh, like, why would we just sit here as time and with all the connections that I have at the C-suite level, um, with with government officials, with thought leaders, where I'm constantly espousing the virtues of this this evolution, right? Because I think it's an important sort of position that we take as a validator of 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 what's happening. You know, that's why we accept cryptocurrency is is to validate it, right? Like for digital subscriptions, we figured, well, we built all this stuff. Why not also help companies enter into the space? And you know, my my challenge was was. Um, and this gives you an idea of how utterly dorky and and weird I am as an individual was, I was like, well, if, if Time's first announcement was that we were bringing in a community or a brand, like Mikey, you'd be like, oh, that's so great. You brought in XYZ, right? Um, congrats. I figured if we brought in a city and we did it with, you know, Salesforce and MasterCard and, and uh, you know, offered real utility, like legitimate utility of access to MasterCard's priceless Miami program, I felt like it would actually just capture everyone's attention, 
Um, and then, you know, we have a lot more announcements that will come down the pike in the coming weeks of other brands that we're going to help enter into the space. But, uh, you know, we're not going to do it in mass. We're going to just be very, very careful and very selective and, and make sure that, you know, we bring people in the right way. Like that's to me, what's important. And the right way is not the timepieces way because the timepieces strategy is a strategy for time. The right way is a strategy for each sort of individual clients. And that doves tails to like, why have we been hiring so much, right? Like, and we've expanded the team. It's close to 20 people on just Web3 alone, not counting the engineers, but we've been hiring a lot to diversify sort of um, the sort of time uh, operations. So that way it's not just me and Maya and Lane and like two or three other people and Will Bond. Um, uh, I had to look at it and say, well, you know, like I'm not a founder. Right, like you and Chris Cantino, you guys are founders of of Club CPG. I'm just a steward of time, right? So, like, if I uh, walked across the street tomorrow and got hit by a car, God forbid, um, uh, like I need to have an organization that can sustain itself with or without me. And so, like, what we've been hiring is, you know, we've been hiring out, knowing that this is a real business and that this is a real evolution of our brand, and that we're going to not only uh, commit to it as time, but we're going to commit to helping others within it, you know, evolve. I paused because the last one is blockchain to big screen, and that's a completely different pivot. So I wanted, yeah. I know I just talked for what I was, ever. what I was processing and what I think if you were listening and you had read the release about Miami is that there's some alpha for art basil is what I, what I piece together there, but you don't have to necessarily share it yet, but I mean, that's what we're talking about. There's nothing but we're talking about it at this point, right? Like, so, you know, um, uh, it's the goal is, is to get it launched prior to Art Basel. Um, and like, we can do it. And I'm not worried about it. We've already begun all of the conversations. And we've, you know, figured out a lot of the stuff before before the approvals even took place, you know, with the commission. Um, but uh, the goal is, is, is to get it, it dropped before Art Basel. Um, uh, the most important thing, and I think that this is a reality, whether or not you agree with it or not, you know, the environmental impact on, of Ethereum as perceived, whether real or not real is irrelevant. It's perceived as real. Um, you know, like a no city Salesforce MasterCard would enter into Web3 until the merge took place. I, I think that you can't understate how important this shift from uh, proof of work to proof of stake is. Um, because ultimately, when you move into proof of stake and you remove sort of the the uh, perception of, you know, Ethereum is just an energy suck on the environment, um, then all of a sudden you find yourself in a scenario where that's not sort of the leading issue, but people can start to focus on like, what is the value being unleashed by Ethereum, you know, and partnering with on, an, on the Ethereum blockchain? 100%. It, it's especially as Miami, which is sort of like underwater, literally, um, and has a lot of exposure to these changing climates that we're facing. Um, I think it's going to be a fun ride to watch. And it, what came to my mind and is kind of like, I've been traveling a bunch. I've had the good fortune of like being able to and invited to Michelin star restaurants. And Michelin started as, you know, as you were driving around on the web, or on the world, Michelin gave you a guide. And what I see is like the Web3 version of Michelin 
is this trifecta of time and the city of Miami and MasterCard kind of putting their stamp on like, these are Web3 real world experiences that as you travel around, and I'm sure you'll pick off more cities as you go. Um, that's what I was excited for because it's a, it's a mark of approval that, you know, is second to none. I mean, I couldn't agree more. Um, and there will be more cities. Uh, I mean, I can tell you right now, and I, and I, this is not alpha. I said this publicly the other day. Um, I'm in active talks with four cities in one country right now. Okay. So like, like for people who think that, you know, web three is not going to make it just in the beginning, like you're just like, you're just wrong. Like the web three movement will make it like, it's just a question of, um, uh, you know, in, not every individual is going to make it. Um, but that, you know, that's, that's natural business sort of acumen, just sort of like, I don't go to weddings. I don't know if we've ever talked about this. I don't go to weddings, uh, because, uh, I find them boring because in the United States, you know, 50% of weddings end in divorce, but a hundred percent of weddings, when do you take this lawfully wedded person to be your spouse? Uh, tend to end and I do. And the numbers just don't match up. So like when I don't believe that someone's going to actually end well, like I just send a gift and I save my time. <laughs> I did not like, know that. That is amazing. Okay, but yes. Yes. It was, it was a great strategy until I started to talk about it publicly. And then people were like, what is that why you didn't show up to my wedding? Like, yeah. Woo, like, well. I, I lost a lot of friends on that one, but no, it's, yeah. uh, I said what I said. <laughs> But but the, but but sometimes I think that we have to divorce our emotions from the reality of how numbers play out, and you know, like the numbers are are pretty are pretty obvious that like in the history of business, not every business will always succeed. Hundred percent. I'm going to take one pause for folks that are listening. We do have a Po app, just like always. It'll be released in three minutes. Uh, there's a secret word. So get your POAPs ready. We're going to hit the fourth pillar um, that, or the fourth prong, and then we're going to open it up for questions. So start getting your questions, please, into the chat. And we're going to, uh, I'll release that secret word here in three minutes after I can test it myself. So, so can I just, um, two things two things i because i i flipped down for one second i saw two really interesting comments as, as we're going through one is is what is a v2 mom i think you should just you should just search for it online it's v then the number two and then mom and it's just it's you'll find it on salesforce's website and it's just how they structure their business models which is vision values methods obstacles and measures and i and to be honest like every every sort of company has their different approach, right? Like Jeff Bezos, if you looked at his approach was, you know, write these long form narratives and no, no PowerPoints, you know, this is a, in one page, could you tell me what your entire business strategy is and where you're going to focus for the following months are? I personally love this approach. Like there's billions of different approaches, but this really allows the team to focus on like, if it's not on the V2 mom, like, why are you wasting your time doing it? Um, the other thing is I saw Lou's comment about Club CPG being on the cover of Time. So, Lou, I love your comment, okay? And what I will say about the cover of Time is, is that there's very, 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 very limited real estate when it comes to the cover of Time. And, like, those cover of Times are, like, the single number one requested thing that, like, ever happens, right? And uh, I love that Aku was on the cover. I love that Beeple was on the cover. I can totally one day see... Uh, club cpg being an article but the reality is is like 
I think that you're asking the wrong question, which is like, if you look at why do I think that Club CPG could be a potential article and I stay out of editorial, I think it's because of the impact that this community has. And that's, and it's on a few different levels. One is um, it's one of the original sort of communities, tokenized communities in web three, right? Number two, um, I think it, it, it has a really interesting Genesis community and pop community that shouldn't be underestimated because both have value in their own rights. Um, number three, uh, I honestly, and I've said this a billion times, um, like I, I, in the annals of Web3, uh, Chris Cantino's Twitter threads might become one of the most influenced and referenced Twitter Twitter handles on the um, Twitter threads, uh, you know, on how companies and organizations adopted to the space. Um, I can't underestimate the impact that, that being part of the community, you know, as a Genesis holder has provided me. Like, I am thankful for it every day, which is why when I was asked, it was the first thing I said, no problem, we'll do this ASAP. So Chris Cantino is the GOAT in terms of those Twitter threads. It was also his birthday yesterday. Happy birthday, Chris. I know. I wished I wished happy birthday to all. I said to all, and then everyone was like, it's just Chris's. And I was like, well, then all Chris's, all of his personalities, if he has multiple ones, and everything. 100%. <laughs> it, it's, uh, I am not the founder of Club CPG. It, it roots way back with Jamie and Chris. Uh, I've been very fortunate in my journey to have just been trying to help as much as possible and kind of work to this position. Um, and I'm very thankful for it. I am, we have one last pillar and then I'm going to start queuing up all of these, uh, quotes and questions. And so, yeah, talk to us about the big screen. Cause I think that's really important. And there were some fun things that are your, you're doing right now. Sure. So I had this moment where, um, I had on my screen at home, the Robatos on the screen. And my daughter walked in and I have an eight year old daughter. Her name is Ellie. And my daughter, and if you go on Instagram, you'll see, if you go hashtag how I found Ellie, you'll see, I have literally chronicled, uh, you know, the cockamaminess of what it's like to be, uh, uh to have an eight year old, uh, with my wife, like, uh, for her, like entire growth. But it's been like the stupid stuff, right? The stuff that will make you laugh. I know, Mikey, you have like 12 children. So like, I mean, that, it would be too exhausting to do how many. I, three is three is the same as 12 to me, right? Like, I don't know how you do it. It's amazing. Um, but um, Ellie walks in. She's eight. She looks at my screen and she says, those are so cute. And I said, what? And she said, what's on those screens? Those robots. And I said to her, what do you see? And she says, I see science and math. And I said, really? And I literally walked away from that conversation and I called Maria Perez Brown, who is the head of kids documentaries and, and programming at Time Studios. And I said, we need to get together and have coffee right now. And uh, she lives like 15 blocks away from me. So we met in New York City at, at a bakery called Levan on the Upper West Side. Um, not, but not the one in the seventies, if you're in New York or the one on like 117th and, um, and we walked for three hours. And what I said to Maria was, I said, um, you know what I'm seeing in web three, I'm seeing 
an insane amount of IP, like original creativity emerging um, uh, without the historic constraints of, of uh, the structures saying that this is a good piece of creative or this is a bad piece of creative. And I'm seeing these communities form around the IP and vote with their dollars uh, in a way that I've never seen before. And, uh, you know, most IP creation from the studios uh, is top down. And I'm like, and this is a bottoms up creation where all of a sudden you can see that, you know, communities are forming around IP and you can develop that IP into television shows. And if you launched those television shows, how amazing would it be if you already knew that you had a community that A, not only loved the product, but B, a smaller subset of the pro of the community had an ownership stake in the product, right? And I said, beyond that, I don't know how to do it, right? I don't know anything about how to do it. And so then Maria Perez-Brown, who's absolutely one of the most amazing human beings on the planet, and I wish she was here today, um, she said to me, oh, well, that's like, like, let me see what you mean. And we brought, I brought her into the Robotos and I said to her, you have to have dinner with, with Pablo. This was during NFT NYC, the first one, right? I said, we have, you have to have dinner with um, Pablo. He's here tonight. And they sat down. She told me they had their entire conversation was in Spanish, right? The whole dinner was in Spanish. She loved it more than anything else. And they walked away with a handshake agreement that we were going to uh, create, you know, a new television show series based on the mind of Pablo Stanley and, and ultimately the Robotos. And, you know, then we went on and we signed uh, Will with the Littles and Toy Boogers and we're in talks with, with you know, Smilesverse. And they all they all take place in different stages. But the whole premise was, was there's great IP emerging in the Web3 space. And the traditional sort of filters are not in place to say whether or not something should be greenlit or not, right? And I'll never forget that, like, the day that we announced the Robotos and it was in The Hollywood Reporter... Maria and Pablo were on stage in our time hall and Maria said to me or said to the whole group, she's like, you know, in any other structure, Pablo would have never had access to Maria. Right. But Web3 in the community base of Web3 showing its support organically and voting with it with their dollars to show their commitment to it, you know, all of a sudden separated the wheat from the chaff. Right. And um, and so the whole premise is, is how do we look at these this IP and how do we then um, uh, extend it from the blockchain to the big screen? And what we were thrilled about was the announcements that the Robotos and the Littles, which are the two ones that are the furthest along, and just remember they all take place differently, uh, you know, and they're happening at hyperspeed because I said to everyone, Web three expectations are different than Web two expectations, as we all can laugh about, um, have been kicked up for production by Nirvana. Uh, which is one of the largest production houses in Canada. Uh, and now we're just talking to distributors for it. But like, it's go time. Like, and this is going to happen. And, you know, if you want the real extreme example, right, of how powerful Web3 really is, right? Like, I mean, and like, it's easy to see that with a coup. It's easy to see that with Robotos. It's easy to see that with the Littles. Um, you know, there's a lot of great communities that this can happen to, but like I was saying to someone the other day, and this just, I'm saying, I'm telling this story out of shits and giggles now, Mikey, for a second, right? Is, um, I said to someone, wouldn't you want a business that if I told you there would be 
uh, 5,000 pieces in the business, that you'd have 1,700 to 1,800 owners in the business, that the business would have generated roughly $25 million in gross sales in a little over a year, and uh, and 2 to $3 million in profit, and with a highly engaged community. Wouldn't you want that business? Like, Mikey, like, you, you were at Meta. Like, that's a pretty good business. One year in, right? Like, that's a pretty good business. Profitable, highly engaged, but not... That's crypto dick butts, okay? <laughs> right? And there's no there's no scenario, as everyone knows in the corporate world, where like I could go into a meeting with a straight face and present crypto dick butts to, to someone and get crypto dick butts sort of approved uh, for, for budgeting. But in Web3, right, like that can emerge. And like, uh, it doesn't make a difference to me what you think, if you like them or if you don't like them. I happen to be an owner of crypto dick funds, right? Like I bought one because it just makes me laugh that something like that can actually exist, right? But like the reality is, is it's a ravenous fan base, right? That is a profitable business, uh, you know, and a successful community. And they're rallying around something that like essentially should be on Adult Swim, right? Like, like we are on Cartoon Network. And um, I think that, that's the reality of, of what Web3 does. Like, and if you contrast that to Web2, what do you have? Like in the movie theaters today, you have Thor. That's not original, right? It could be a great movie, but not original. It's just a remake of what, you know, the comic books were that we read when we were younger. Uh, Top Gun Maverick, which I loved, right, personally, but not original either, right? Like, and so you see the consistent recycling in Web2 of existing IP because it's what people know works. And in Web3, what you're seeing is, the community is now recalibrating around new IP that can all of a sudden sort of signal that there's alternative things that could work too. And not one is better than the other, but I can tell you right now that like if Web3 didn't exist, there would be no crypto dick butt cartoon movie coming out, right? Because there's no way that the studio films would have, would have, would have approved it. Web3 proves that that, that is possible. And that's probably the most extreme example I can give. How's that for, like, I bet we never ever thought we'd do like a dissertation on crypto dick butts. Uh, there are going to be many papers <laughs> written on crypto dick butts. <laughs> I remember trying to write a term paper at West Point about South Park because we were studying satire and it was early days of South Park. And my teachers were like, this is garbage. And yet there it's still there today and keeps going. Um, and it's an amazing piece of satire that has a tremendous creative process. That was Man, that was a genius call and a half, and we are just getting to the Q and A. Thank you. And by the way, to everyone, and as you just saw, I, I miscalculated where my window was on that one. Uh, to everyone, as I leaned on it, to everyone who joined today, you know, I just I wanted to say thank you. Uh, I know we have a few more minutes for Q and A, but any, I hope I hope I've answered a lot of questions. Oh, we've we've got him queued up. We've got Harold standing by. I'm going to bring Harold not up. Harold. No, 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 not Harold. You sure? All right, I'll I'm mute him. I'm just joking. I, I like Harold. You can bring Harold up. So. All right, What's Harold. Up, friends? <laughs> How are you, Harold? Hey, Harold. Good, Good morning. morning. Good to see you all. Glad to be up here with, with you two. Um, this has been amazing. And so my question is quick, uh, but very direct. Um, as you create, you're a creator. Uh, you all are in the media space. And normally that is a very top-down driven thing. You all make decisions and then we as consumers buy it. Can you talk a little bit about your thought on how Web3 changes that when so many of people course. can now be creators uh, and how you all are thinking about it? We trademarked the phrase proof of experience because we see many people being able to document their own story, what, what could be their own time cover. So I'd love to hear your mm -hmm. thoughts on how you see 
uh, the community, the world globally becoming more on the uh, distribution side of what becomes that front cover of Congress? Sure. So, so I don't think that in the next few years you're going to see the front cover of Time crowdsourced, right? Um, what I think is going to happen probably over the next three or so years. And that's where we have to end it for today. If you want to check out the full Q&A and learn more about joining Club CPG, visit CryptoPackageGoods.com. Thanks to all our CPG and POP members for making these kinds of events possible. Crypto Podcast Goods is produced by Genius Media, a division of Crypto Package Goods.